Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. This podcast is here to shake up the way you think about basically everything from health, beauty, entrepreneurship, and whether you're loving the newest trends. These ladies are here to prove that it's always better when salt and pepper come together. So here are your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. I started to just be open about everything because, I mean, I don't care what people think and it can just, it'll only benefit other people, right? You know the saying, you have to do what works best for your family? Every single family is going to be different. Like you said, you have sensory issues. Your husband loves that kind of stuff, like playing and, you know, being outgoing. So that works for you guys, you know, uh, uh, like the next couple will have totally different, you know, set of issues and they'll work it out the best that it works for them. Hi, Shakers. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper podcast on this early morning. I just woke up. Lisa just woke up. <laughs> um, we're here to shake up your Tuesday. I'm Olivia. And I'm Lisa. And on today's episode, we have on Renee Rain Rena. 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 I spelled it R-E-E-E-N-A so I could remember yep. how to pronounce it. I really appreciate that because that's literally I see that visual in my brain whenever yes. I think of her last that's name. That's how everything should be spelled. How you say it. <laughs> Not like this weird anyway. <laughs> I was thinking of the word do you know the word macabre absolutely not it's like a word used to describe like Tim Burton's characters like it's a macabre mm. way of like depicting like macabre is like an artistic way of depicting death I, I love how we're keeping this intro short we are it's about <laughs> Halloween Ooh. Um, but it has an R in it and I saw it the oh, other day and I was like, Mercarb? <laughs> I was like, what is I mean, we've that? We've talked about this in the past. Yeah. I, I can't stand most words that have like license or fascinating, like season. Like S's. a random like P Just in it. Just make it, H make it H normal. Yeah. Make it normal. Um, Except for you, Renee. We love your middle name. <laughs> yeah, we love your middle name. Um, So we have on Renee from The Mom Room. Uh, she has a podcast and she has TikTok, social media, Instagram. Um. She's just like a really relatable mom and a lot of our listeners are moms and she has a PhD in psychology. So fascinating. So real. It's just a breath of fresh air, which is, you know, our favorite guest to have on the podcast. And even if you don't have kids, because I was listening to her podcast and there was like a lot of really awesome episodes, which we didn't even get to touch base on like intuitive eating. And I wanted to talk to her about like food with her kids because we were talking about that the other day. Um, and like she has a lot of things on health and then honestly just like not giving a crap about what other people think. And I'm like, you go girl. Like there was a whole episode on a comment some girl made and she's like, oh yeah, well your husband does this. this, and, this. and I was I like, that. yeah, so she is go really off, great. Girl really relatable um should we do so, our current obsessions yeah. really quick my current obsession it was just halloween um lots of people i grew up with very much disagreed with the fact that we celebrated halloween how dare you honestly how are you even a christian you? i know right um let's not talk about other pagan holidays they celebrate without knowing christmas well, and easter true and i mean halloween itself is 
not a great holiday no, to begin with. But, but what am I doing? Sacrificing fun. my cats every year? Well, maybe. Well, just so <laughs> everyone knows, I'm not. Asher is still alive and well. I actually keep him in the house all day long so that no one does sacrifice him. Oh. Anyways, um, Bear and Mav's costumes are the best. I <laughs> slaved on those outfits. I know you did. Um. I did four different costumes this year because two were for my sister for my niece's birthday. You should have just um, combined them. The Prince of Cotton and the Prince <laughs> of Lightning McQueen. <laughs> Lightning McQueen. Um, so the Prince outfits didn't take that long. Bears took over 12 hours. Mavs, yeah, she didn't film it if anybody was wondering. Uh, oh my gosh, don't get me started on that because you you should have thought to tell me. I don't think of that. Okay, I'll tell you next year. Next year, and I'm not doing the... I might do the same thing because they were obsessed. They loved it. But And Mav um, looked so... Like, you made him a cotton plant. I literally... I know. I don't even know how that's possible. It was crazy how perfect it looked. He looked adorable. I know. He looked amazing. And yeah. Bear... If you look at any of the pictures that we posted, me or Zav... His face is just like shock and awe. Every time he looks at it, he goes, thank you, mama. Thank you, mama. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to take him to freaking? Oh, I of I literally course. just got tears in my eyes thinking of him seeing <laughs> Lightning McQueen in Disneyland. Dude, he would. A full die. size. I have to be there for that. That'll be the time I really connect with your children. It was our favorite Halloween. He's been looking forward to Halloween for over a month and it happened. So cute. He did it. Good job. It was the best. Good job. Uh, my current obsession was I was out to dinner. My dad's birthday is on the 30th. And out to dinner, I asked him what he was going to be for Hall- dress up for Halloween. And asked him if he was going to be a sexy mechanic and <laughs> conveniently drop his tools at work all day. And if anybody That's knows hilarious. my dad... Oh, such a good time. I love pushing the boundaries with my dad because he just sits there and it's you can there's sense. just this look in his eye of like, how is she my daughter? And I do it every single time when our is just sitting there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> our there. <laughs> sitting there. I'm like, so dad, are you going to conveniently drop your tool and ask who can pick it up for you? And he is just accepting it. I was like, this That's is right. the relationship I hope to have with my children, because yeah. if I tried saying that, my dad would not understand, first of all, what I was saying. It's like a sexy mechanic. Mechanic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Even though my dad's literally, he is a machinist. Yeah. But. He'd be like, why would you joke about that? That's our <laughs> livelihood. <laughs> um. So anyway, that was funny. But let's do a let's do a quick on silver lining of the week. Come on down. You always say that. I know. Come on for you up there. Come on. Oh, it's a sexy mechanic. You. You. Drop your tools, please. (laughs) Um, So my silver lining goes into the costumes. Um, Our first trick-or-treating session was earlier in the day. We went around our neighborhood um this isn't a part of my silver lining but I had neighbors we live in like an older neighborhood there's a lot of older neighbors and um one of them goes I haven't had trick-or-treaters in 18 years let me go find something that's adorable so we had a lot of people give us money which was great because they didn't have candy I think that's way better. I want to oh, do it was that. My aunt and uncle actually live in our neighborhood and um, they're passing by us 
and uh bear goes trick-or-treat they're like we don't have any candy i'm so sorry but then they come over like 10 minutes later with 10 dollar bills for both the boys 10 yeah they gave each of them 10 dollars. they don't even know what this is i'm like that is so nice i would not start their little (laughs) have expected this invested into crypto for both of them well, we're actually, this is such a sidetrack. We're actually starting bank accounts for both of the boys. Yeah. And we're putting like little bits of money into stocks that's so for smart. them. So yeah. not really bank accounts, but, you know, starting like, yeah, no, that's stock sweet. accounts for them. Yeah. So that's anyways, funny. the silver lining is that trick-or-treat session was our, um, it was, um, oh, what's the word? Trial for the rest of the evening because Mav's costume was like falling apart. The first glue I used was not working, and so I hairsprayed it all down, and it worked perfectly. He was bouncing around like the cotton ball that he was throughout the evening, (laughs) in and out of the car seat, and like taking it on and putting it off. Like cotton blows away, but when you have it in your house, or like pompous, you spray it with hairspray. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So that makes sense. So I didn't know that. I literally (laughs) thought of it all by myself. Good job. (laughs) Not that that matters, but... I think I want to start making costumes more. I don't know for what, but wouldn't do that it. be so fun as like a livelihood or like a hobby? Yeah. You could do them on Etsy. If you if you listed that Lightning McQueen, you would be able to sell it during. It would mostly be like during Halloween. Right. But there would be a huge market for like birthday, birthday parties. parties. Yeah. Like if you made like six of the Cars characters oh, and you listed them. You know gosh. how many moms would buy that? There's yeah. your freaking source of income right there. I know. That'd actually be a lot of money. The podcast. Yeah. I don't know how to ship it, so you would have to help me with that. You'll get commission. Gosh, shipping it would be challenging. It would be a lot so hard. of money. You have to like construct it when you get it, like super glue it together or something. Yeah, probably. That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea at all, but it'd be a lot of work. Dude, I, the headlights, so they were actually like LED like battery packs yeah. and they wouldn't stick on because of the paint. So I had the battery packs go on the inside. I literally wired them down to the Lightning McQueen itself. Mm-hmm. And the battery, battery packs wouldn't stay. So I literally made them pockets out of felt that stuck onto yeah. the Lightning McQueen on the inside. You need to that save held. that and bring it to Disneyland so he can wear it. No. that He wanted to take it off after 10 minutes. He's he was like, like, this like, is so annoying. Yeah. He hated wearing <laughs> it after a certain extent. He was so yeah. excited. He loved like taking it with him. But anyways... That's cute. So fun. I don't know if I have the capacity to help you start a business, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My silver lining is that I got the candy my one day of the year. I, I received it. I ate it. I undid undid i opened all of the starburst packages because i I just wanted the pink ones and i went to town and i only kind of felt like a little sick so i feel like maybe i didn't eat enough um (laughs) but we did our tradition where danny dresses up like jason the guy from friday the 13th oh yeah and um every year for the past like decade or something he's he does that and he gets into character and he carries a big knife or an axe with him a real one and he just walks quietly and doesn't talk to anybody and it's just something what do you guys do well it's something they have always done and then the last few years we like to go to like ashland and just like people watch it was mm-hmm. hard because halloween was on a sunday this year so mm-hmm. you can tell it all happened the night before and they play the goosebumps theme 
really really loud and they just drive around and he just looks at them and one year they had a toyota van like an old one and he Uh opened the side and hung out the side of it and we went into (gasps) neighborhoods with just kids and the music was playing on a huge speaker and it's just funny because then arturo was taking candy and putting it on the windshield and then they were turning the windshield wipers (laughs) on so it was spraying the candy he literally wasted like an entire like 20 dollar bag of candy it was just all on the (laughs) road they were just laughing and i told him i'm like this would be a lot he we even went into brick room he brought his axe in and i was like tay did he have to bring his freaking axe into this That's restaurant so funny. i told him i was like next year we all need to dress up because it's not as creepy because we all look normal and not weird but you look so freaking creepy and he would just walk up close to people and just stare at them so anyway it was it was fun it was chill was fun. and uh i had my candy and i felt good and i didn't, I didn't want me the next day hmm. so it was good i still want candy every day right so so anyway let's get on to yeah, the episode so again you guys can find all of the information about renee in the show notes below podcast is the mom room it's so good honestly there's so many good podcasts on podcast nation i mean we've had like quite I a know, few people so on um but be sure to check it out and um let's let's do this so renee or uh, shake it up with renee <laughs> <laughs> it's it's super interesting you know like when you are outside of it like the bubble I just I'm like I don't know like I don't know what to I don't know what opinions to have I don't know what to think and so hearing like behind the scenes from her and then from you it's really interesting I'm it's a lot there's lots of people that I'll like open my dms on instagram and there's so many people that are like I don't even have kids and I love following you I'm like oh okay well it's because you're (laughs) super relatable (laughs) yeah no you're super relatable and I feel like you are like you just don't really care what other people think or say and so that's Mm. really like I love that because I feel like that's how I I can't say how I would be but how I would want to be as a mom so I think it's really encouraging to see somebody who's just like why are you telling me what to do with my life and my children well and that's why (laughs) I wanted you on the podcast I put that in the email I'm like Okay, where was it that you were talking about putting on a show for your kids so that you and your husband could, like, be at a restaurant and just, like, have some peace? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, like, literally, like, okay, how great is it that I'm, like, going out with my kid at all? I should get a round of applause as I enter this restaurant um, for doing this. And then... I should be able to enjoy myself and my son should be able to enjoy myself, either of them. Yeah. And so um, I just, yeah, when you said that, that was like my, yep, let's let's get around right now. <laughs> like, here we go. Yeah. And it's like the expectation. Are we recording like now? now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we might are. as well just oh, go Okay, yeah, so you guys well just in. start talking? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> I was going to say, it's like the expectation of... like why should my three-year-old be able to sit at a restaurant and like keep himself busy you know like us as adults we go on a plane like take a flight or something even in the in a car like when I drive long distances or any distance for that matter like I want some form of entertainment like he's three years old he's not going to sit there and hold a conversation with us or you know, coloring and all that stuff will get him through maybe like half of the dinner, depending on his mood. But yeah, like, what is the big deal with giving him a tablet? So my husband and I can have a conversation and drink a beer and enjoy ourselves on a patio while he, you know, it just keeps him happy. So yeah, totally all for it. But then you feel like everyone's judging you at the same time. (laughs) 
I feel like everyone's judging everyone regardless of if they have kids or not yeah. too I mean like that accentuates it but it's even like I think you were saying in a podcast that it was like right when you get married like <clears throat> right when you get married people are like asking you things or like me and my boyfriend have been together for almost nine years and people ask me literally multiple times a week like when are you guys getting married what are you doing yeah. when are you having kids and I'm just like I don't understand why you care because I don't think What's of your the fascination life. with myself yeah like what yeah. why are you so fascinated with me because I'm not thinking sometimes you know a thought will cross my mind of like huh I wonder when they're gonna have their second but I'm not like going to them being like so like what's the plan like yeah. that's so weird but As so if, many like, people do it if they don't do it there's something wrong it's like they have that expectation of other people's lives like yeah we should all follow this same path and if somebody doesn't it's like oh yeah what's wrong like what's what's going on it's like no it's everyone has their own thing and it's fine yeah totally so i want to backtrack just a little yeah, bit um i know thank you for coming on the show <laughs> you said that before but honestly i just love the we're very much just conversationalists so um can you introduce yourself and what you do in all of your platforms that you have yes so my name is renee um online i go by renee rena and people always think that that's my last name but it's not it's my middle name not that that matters but um so i have an instagram account a tiktok which i started really focusing on um at the start of quarantine i guess i had always kind of had my instagram account but wasn't as active on it as i am now um and how how that all started was that I finished my PhD in psychology a few days before Toronto kind of shut down for the first time for quarantine. And then my husband's a physician, so he was working his regular job and I was at home with Milo. And I was like, what is going to keep me sane during, you know, this quarantine? And it was TikTok. Like, that was so, like, I'm so lucky that I got into that because I started to take things that were really frustrating or a struggle in quarantine and I would be in the moment and I would get a little bit frustrated, but then I would be like, ah, this can be a really funny TikTok. And so it kind of made it better because it was like, this is great content. And then you're able to look at it from like an outsider's perspective as well, because you're like, how is this going to translate into a TikTok? And usually it's a pretty funny situation even though in the moment it's terrible. So I started TikTok. TikTok started growing over that summer. And then I started the podcast um, in July of 2020. And so now that is probably my biggest focus, the podcast, TikTok, and Instagram. Hmm. I wonder if TikTok would be so big if the pandemic didn't happen. I was thinking Honestly, of that when you were saying that. I feel like it was big with younger um, people. And then I think quarantine just like opened up the gates for everybody because everybody was at home. And so people yeah. of all ages now are on TikTok and addicted to TikTok. Yeah. Sure. I think it got the rest of us. Yeah. Yes. I, I was kind of on it. But then, yeah, once quarantine started, I was like really on it like all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, OK, way to take a great opportunity and start a TikTok. But were you even using it to um, like so you your podcast is The Mom Room. Um, I think I found you on TikTok first and then I found your podcast, started listening to your podcast 
Um, and so did you have the mom room uh, Instagram or was it a personal Instagram? Yeah, I had switched the Instagram handle to the mom room, I think shortly after I had Milo. Um, and I would talk about things that I had a blog as well. And I would just write about things that I found a little bit shocking and wasn't expecting after having Milo. And then I, when I would post those things on Instagram, I started to realize like, oh, everybody actually has experienced this as well, or they feel the exact same way. But we all don't know that each other feels that way. Like it was so like eye-opening. So then I kept posting more on Instagram. And when I had heard about TikTok, I think I like heard about it on watching Ellen one day or something. And it was like, oh, everyone's on TikTok. So I downloaded the app and I just got my handle, uh, the mom room. And then um, that's what I named the podcast. And then just recently I switched it over to Renee Rena just because I didn't want to kind of limit myself or like have people think that I only talk about things related to being a mom because I do talk a lot about like our marriage and relationships and even just general psychology things. Um, so I switched the two social media handles to my name, Renee Rena, and then, um, just kept the podcast, the mom room, but yeah, it's been, it started out as the mom room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, okay. So you say you started a podcast and I think obviously we know behind the scenes, how the sausage is made, which I hate that phrase. Uh, it's, it's really like a gross phrase, um, but it's not like easy, you know, like people will start a podcast and everyone kind of has like a different way of doing it. But obviously you had a young son at that point and you're at home. So like, how did that process look? Because now it's so successful. You're part of a really awesome network. Like you're doing all of these things. You, you create a massive amount of content. Like I was oh. looking at your, maybe it was your TikTok or your reels. And I was like scrolling and then it said October 8th. And I was like, I'm so sorry. How is that? <laughs> I was like, how is that possible? I'm like, I can create like one piece of content a week. Um, so how does that look for you? Because you are balancing a lot of things. Um, and like that first phase of starting the podcast, what did that look like? Yeah, the podcast. Wow. I always try and explain to people how much work the podcast is. That's literally what I consider my full-time job, even though that's not where I make the most of my money because that's where the most, most of my time goes. Um, but yeah, when I started it, it was still quarantine days and my husband was working. So I researched the shit out of how to start a podcast, recording equipment, recording programs, how to edit myself in whatever program, the different platforms to like how that works. You know, you upload your audio and then it sends it out to all the different podcast um, platforms. So yeah, it was so much work to figure out before being able to um, actually release the first episode. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there. I was able to, once I started making some money, I was able to hire an editor, um, like hire people to make content for the, uh, the podcast Instagram account. And then, um, I made a connection with, um, the girls that own the podcast network, had a meeting with them. And it just kind of over time grew into what it is now. 
Um, but yeah, when I started, I was doing my recordings just with most of my guests that I started with were people that I knew from TikTok who were also like creating in quarantine. Um, and I would record in my closet mm-hmm. when Milo went to bed. Like, yeah, <laughs> which is so funny. I feel like every podcaster has that says story. That. They always go, I recorded in my closet. And I'm like, yeah. it's the most yeah. soundproof area of the house. <laughs> that When we're yeah. at my house, that's where we are yeah. every time. Yeah. 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 I know. Because when you research, that's what it says online. So I'm like, okay, I will listen to this and I will record in my closet. So it's also where yeah. I run away when I don't want to be with my husband or my kids. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, where's Lisa? <laughs> oh, no. Let's go check the closet. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like quiet and quaint. And that's probably why my cats sleep in there. <laughs> um, So I'm curious as far as like, what made you? Okay. So, well, I guess you started your blog because you were wanting to talk about all of these things. Was it like things that you were learning when you were getting your PhD or maybe you like when you were getting your master's or um, because you have a PhD in psychology, is that correct? Yeah. Um, And or was it um, things like in motherhood that that you were learning and you're like, oh my gosh, like everyone's relating to this. And I'm curious how the two come together, which I hear on your podcast, but like for you, like what have you seen in motherhood and having a PhD in psychology? Yeah. So at first, like the very early, early days, it was like, things that everybody experiences the same way, like the physical recovery. And I was just not expecting it to be that intense. And I didn't even have like a a difficult labor and delivery or anything. And I was still like, wow, everybody goes through this. This is nuts. Um, And nobody like nobody makes a big deal about it. And I I felt like being like, whoa, hello, everybody. Like, this is awful. This is terrible. I have to take care of this little baby. I can hardly walk. Like I'm bleeding. I like, it was terrible, but it's made out to be this thing. That's like, oh, well, everybody goes through it. It's just, you know, it's part of life. And they choose to do it more than once for some reason. I don't know why I did it twice. (laughs) That's what everyone (laughs) says to me because obviously I don't have kids. But I mean, even the other day, somebody was just like, birth, it's like the miracle of life. It's like how you know, like how beautiful the world is around you. And she was like, I'm so sad that you don't want to have like deliver a baby. And I was like, you don't have a kid either. Number one. Number two, that's a disgusting process, (laughs) even though you forget about it. (laughs) Oh, and it's awful. And it's so crazy because I'm going to let you finish. Um, <laughs> it's so crazy though. Cause on that note, like I absolutely, I, I don't like newborns, not even my own. It's the worst stage. I wish I, I hate being pregnant. I hate birth, but after giving birth, you feel like an actual goddess. I mm. was like, how is how is everyone just standing here watching me? You should all be bowing down to yeah. what I just, what you just witnessed. It is a miracle. Did you know by subscribing to our podcast, you will get immediate access to our episodes every Tuesday? It'll give you a notification so you don't even have to think about it. You can turn on these notifications on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. While you are at it, rating and reviewing the show takes less than a few seconds. It bumps us up on iTunes and gives us a shot to grow our community. It means the world and we read every single review. If you're listening to the show and you love hearing our voices every single week, we would love to hear what you think. Whether it's your favorite episode, what you want 
want to hear from us or maybe some stuff we need to work on. We are super open to it and we would just love to hear what you guys have to say. And while you're at it, DM us, hang out with us on Instagram and join our secret Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. We love to talk to you guys. We love to hear your thoughts. And honestly, we love to see it when you share our episodes. Thanks so much. And let's get back to the show. Yeah. And that's like a side note. I feel like in our society, like you just said, you feel like, holy crap, look what what I just did. And people are just like, oh, let me hold the baby. Like, Uh you know, get out of the way. (laughs) Like, you know, like nobody cares about the mom anymore and her boundaries aren't respected. Like it's a whole issue in our society for some reason. I don't know when that started, but yeah. Anyways, the, the psych background, what I was going to say is that it started off with things that I'm sure most people, um, experience, but I find over like the last few years, I've realized that I kind of piece things together differently than somebody else might just because of things that I'm trained in. So one of the things that I'm trained in is reflective functioning. And it's all about like, why, why do you feel a certain way? Like how is what somebody else did affecting how you feel and how might what you're doing affect how they feel? And like really, really sitting and taking time to think about that. And I think that really helps me like with my marriage, but also just with Milo, like being stressed out or finding a situation difficult. It's like, okay, why exactly do I find this so stressful? Um, so like an example of reflective functioning that I always give is like, if you were to ask someone with really, really good reflective functioning, who had a difficult childhood, if you were like, why do you think your mom behaved that way when you were a child? Someone with like good reflective functioning would be like, well, you know, I think she had a really difficult childhood and my dad was drinking a lot at the time. And so I just, I don't think she had the support. And um, I know she was dealing with some like issues with her mother and like, they're very, very reflective as to why, their mom behaved a certain way. Mm. Whereas someone with really low reflective functioning would be like, if you said, why do you think your mother behaved that way when you were a child? They would say like, I don't know, she's. Mm -hmm. And it's very like, it seems so like little, it's like very straightforward in that example. But when you go throughout life and you are someone who is just kind of like, I don't know, whatever, like not taking time to think about why you feel a certain way or maybe why your partner feels a certain way. Like, how did you contribute to that? What could you do to make it better? I find it really helps. And then also what I do just because I have these platforms is explain those processes as well. You know, like I was really stressed out last night. This is what happened. Here's why I was stressed out. Um, you know, moving forward, here's what I can do to try and make it better. So I have quickly realized that my training has helped a lot with how I process things and the content that I put out, like how I'm able to identify certain things and explain it in a way that people are like, oh my God, that's why I feel that way. Me Mm -hmm. too. 
Do, yeah. you, do you think a lot of that comes from education or do you think some of that is just like inherent? Because once you said that, I realized like I surround people that do surround myself with people that do that because there's always more to the story. I'm so much like I'm yeah, me so too. like that. And it's always just like digging deeper. It's just like, no, they're not just that way. They didn't come out of the womb that way. There was like nature and nurture. But do you think people have um, like, do they kind of like go towards that or do you think they learn it from I don't know what yeah I think it's probably both like I don't think although maybe if someone had a difficult time with that and then they did go through the process of learning about it it almost acts as like a form of therapy like when you learn these things it's strange Mm -hmm. because you start like applying those things in your own life or you look at things differently. So I'm sure with education or learning about these different um, things, someone could change, but I think it's, it's both. Yeah. Cause I think like we would call both. that more like discernment too, or just like the understanding that like more is going on. Cause sometimes I'll talk to people and I'll be like, what do you mean you didn't get that? Like, how did you not see that? Like, that's so strange. And it's just like, like they're obviously going through something or like, yeah, so like that type more. of stuff. And it's funny because when you're talking about that, I just kept thinking like, oh, like always giving the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's only like a, a small snippet of what that really is. But um, I don't I, I would I, I don't think my parents are like that. I don't think my maybe my mom but I don't think my dad's very like forgiving in that way of like you know how dare they they why would they ever do something like that and I'm just like you know they probably had a bad day or you don't know what it was like for them to grow up or he's mm-hmm. like I grew up in Romania with nothing <laughs> I know so yeah. well, that's literally what I thought of yeah. I'm like you know whenever my parents were awful to me Um, My parents grew up in communism. And so I'm like, you know, my parents have gone through their fair share of awful things in life. And so like I always give the benefit of the doubt like whenever I see anyone because my parents just look like normal white people and you never unless they talked and you're like, oh, that's a thick accent. You never (laughs) would have thought like, oh, they've seen things like you know oh yeah he he escaped a country yeah you never would have thought that you know yeah and so um that's so fascinating so for yourself did that help you or I feel like sometimes having too much information for myself um I can get in this vicious cycle of like but I need to do better I'm like not doing good enough like I have all this information but um, I like need to utilize it better. Maybe you actually know how to utilize things better than me because um, you actually have a I, PhD. But. I like when it comes to things like that, the biggest thing is giving myself time to actually think about things as opposed to like maybe in the moment I will be reactive, um, but I'll usually catch myself really quickly. But then giving myself time afterwards to be like, okay, why? Like, what just happened and why why did i react that way are you are you instilling those things into milo as well like if he's starting to react a certain way are you trying to cuz i know it's it's different for a kid um but are you kind of being like oh daddy's acting that way because of this this and this like are you doing those practices with him i try and like everybody says you want to help them identify their emotions which i try to do not necessarily in the moment because when they're really um 
like in a, in a mood or having a meltdown, I find it doesn't do anything to try and help them name their emotion, but (laughs) to talk about it afterwards or when he's just, you know, a little bit irritated to be like, try and tell, like verbalize what he's feeling so that he can do that in the future. Um, but besides that sometimes, and like, I try to identify my own feelings, like tell him what I'm feeling as well. Um, but yeah, he's only three right now. So I don't know if that's really benefiting us, but yeah, (laughs) hopefully Um, three is so fun. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. His little, little like he is hilarious. He's hilarious, but when he's wanting to be, you know, like stubborn or like last night oh my god the battle over brushing his teeth like wow oh my gosh and it comes just and, wow comes and goes it's yep. like oh you love brushing oh now you hate it okay yeah. yes okay this is gonna be a few months <laughs> yeah it, it and that's exactly it it goes from like a few weeks of super easy loving brushing his teeth to all of a sudden it's like you would think we were beating him or right something. yeah <laughs> Is my, do you have just one? Yeah. So, um, what were the things for you that like, so you mentioned like birth, like, you know, postpartum, what were the things for you that you're like, I need to talk about this? Like, are there certain things on your podcast that you're like, these are continual conversations that I need to keep having so that moms can know that like, there's other people that are also going through this. A big thing for me is setting boundaries in postpartum and like preparing for postpartum and not just your labor and delivery, Mm. because I feel like everyone is so focused on labor and delivery because that's what we're scared of when really my message is like, worry about postpartum, like don't labor and delivery are going to happen. However, they're going to happen. Sure, be educated about it, know what's going on, know your options, but like you can't have a birth plan because like things will happen that are out of your control. So you can have preferences, you can, you know, know what you're going to have to choose going into it, but like prepare for postpartum and don't be afraid. The number, because I talk a lot about how I didn't want visitors after giving birth for like weeks. I just wanted to be like by myself with Milo. My husband was working. So my mom was over a lot and I did not want visitors. I didn't want anybody coming over. I just wanted to be in like this little cocoon and able to do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. Like literally I'm sitting naked from the waist up half the time, trying to breastfeed, trying to attach the pump, sitting with like my sister had this genius idea because you're bleeding a lot and it's really good to get air to your wounds, you know, in in that area. She's like, you should lay out the dog's pee pads yep. on the couch and just lay without underwear or pants on. I'm like, you are a freaking genius. So that's what I did. And it's like, as if I'm going to have people come over and be in my space, <laughs> like give me a break. So that was a huge thing. And then the more I talk about that, Every single time I post something about that topic, it's like the engagement is through the roof. I get so many DMs from moms who are like, oh my God, like I wish I would, you know, would have said something. I was so anxious, like bleeding, trying to breastfeed. And there was people in my house, like in and out all the time. 
I would have to go to my bedroom by myself to try and breastfeed. Like it's terrible. And, and just people don't say anything. Or if they do, everyone else around them, like friends and family feel entitled. Mm -hmm. Like, like, no, I, I have to come see the baby. Well, no, you don't like, no, you don't. I don't want so to see is like, a day old baby. I don't care to see a baby. <laughs> I don't care to I don't care to hold your newborn. I'll come because you want me to, but other than that, I'm like yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. So I know. It's and that is such a it's like in our society, that's what you see. Like someone has a baby and then they're like fully dressed the next day with visitors over passing the baby you around. You know what? Like, it's, it's such a weird tradition. And uh-huh. and so my um sister, her, my brother-in-law is Syrian. And their tradition in the family is you come and see the baby right away. And like the first two weeks, it's an open door policy. And you're having to like go and see family and like leave the house and all of these crazy things, which, you know, I'm I'm probably taking some of it like out of context and over exaggerating it. Um, but I can't remember what I'm over exaggerating is my point. But <laughs> I remember my sister like crying because she's like, Aww. I don't want to. And she had a C-section like she can barely move. I'm like, dude, just stay home or like just, I don't know, try to figure it out. It's so hard, though, because it's tradition. And so it's like this thing that's been passed on for generations and generations. I don't want to do that that without a baby. I don't I don't have an open door policy and I'm just working. Yeah. No, I can't. Can you imagine? Yeah. No, No, if someone dared. I would just throw them out. I'd be like, what the frick are you doing? You know here? what? Having having my second in quarantine was one of my favorite things I've ever done. Um, I, well, I, I had him in um, April, end of April. So it was like very fresh, the very beginning. And I'm like, don't you dare freaking try. And luckily no one even, <laughs> no one tried to. I'm like, no one's going to come see me. No one's going to touch my baby. Um, and it was the best. And, and that's that's what everybody says too. Everybody yep, who has had babies during COVID was like, Hallelujah, because they can't come in the hospital. Nope. They can't, but how sad is that? That we need like a, a, a worldwide <laughs> a pandemic, pandemic <laughs> yeah. for moms to be able to have a postpartum that they yeah. want and enjoy. Yeah. How sad is that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so my whole thing is like speak up and say something. If someone gets upset, that's their issue and that's fine. You can have empathy for that person for not being able to come see the baby when they want to. That's fine. Like I'm not a monster, but I like in that situation, I was the most important thing mm-hmm. and I put myself first and Milo first and whatever other people want. That's I don't really care. And another good thing is to have a person that like is your spokesperson. Like my mom mm-hmm. was the gatekeeper keeper so people would ask her is Renee ready yet like what's going on and my mom would be like nope like she doesn't want visitors Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm so passionate about that topic oh good god and it's funny that you said about the tradition thing because I've heard from women in different cultures that say their tradition is that nobody sees the baby for six weeks and like the family's just left alone and I was like wow like so interesting the different like 
yeah it's weird that we put all this like societal pressure on us because not even just that but even like thinking of like having a wedding and people being like well you have to do this this and this and you have to invite these people and I've like laid down the law with my mom I'm like I'm not inviting anyone I don't want to I'm not doing anything I don't want to I don't care if you're crying if you if you don't like it don't come like I just don't I don't understand (laughs) where this idea came of like the, this pressure we put on ourselves and then just just say something but then women get like they get so shamed and so judged especially on social media and it's like it's yeah. so confusing I like we are the same person because when we got married everyone's like oh your bridal party you're this you're that I'm like I'm not having a bridal party yeah like I don't yeah what is the point of that I don't want that and yeah. they're like oh okay and then um, oh, is your dad going to walk you down the aisle? I'm like, no, my husband and I are going to walk down together. And like, oh, we're going to have, like, I just did everything. Yeah. How I envisioned it, yeah. you know, like I'm super close with my dad and, you know, maybe his feelings were hurt. I don't know. He didn't say anything, but I was like, this is how I want to do it. Like I want pre and I, like we're starting our life together. Mm-hmm. That's more like is better than here my dad's giving me away to you like right. i'm i'm 30 however old i was like <laughs> 30 something years old like um that is really funny yeah, yeah and yeah. so the tradition c- probably comes from i it would be really interesting to look this it's up probably now. really archaic yeah, oh it is it, yeah it probably just comes from like you were literally living in your parents house all of your life and you're only like 14 years old and you're being yeah. given away you're getting like a uh-huh. cow for you a hundred percent and everything else is Dowry. super Superstition. It's like the right. not seeing the guy and like putting the oh, veil God. over you. Oh, yeah, like that stuff I hate. And I, I'm we a- slept together the night before, and I was seven months pregnant in our wedding. So there you, you go. Yeah, see, yeah, well, seriously. I mean, I I'm a wedding filmmaker, so I just I see it all, and I'm like, no, no, Ooh. no, 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 no. None of you like your day. This is so stupid. You spent. I went to what I mean. They spent seventy grand, and the the groom was having such a bad time. And I'm like, he hated I, it. Yeah, he hated it. I'm like, no, <laughs> that is so yes. stupid. Yeah. At what point? is it worth it like my parents well they paid for my wedding and they said like we have a very traditional and I was like I'm so sorry I'm not going to do any of that stuff the only thing that I tried to budge them on is having dancing at the wedding and they said no and I'm like you know what you're gonna pay for it (laughs) I if you're gonna let me do everything else and this is the one thing you won't let me do I literally do not care and so it's it's just one of those things. And so it's it's hard when it comes down to tradition, but then yep. when it's other stuff. Uh, so like one of the things I like don't mind. So hospital, I think from here on out, no one's coming to the hospital. Um, not even me. No, no, especially <laughs> not you. You don't even want to come. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, cool. Um, but now when it comes to like coming over, I don't mind at all. But um, now I'm going to have like, you know, if you want to come, you're going to have to be a little helpful, especially if you are a woman um, and you know how to be helpful in those ways. Yeah. And um, if you're a guy and I'm going to breastfeed, then I'm not going to leave the room. So if that makes you yeah. uncomfortable, you get to leave because that was my one of my worst things was I have a newborn. I don't know how to breastfeed and you're making me leave. And this is why you guys are coming here. absolutely not I'm not here to make you comfortable and also why is breastfeeding so uncomfortable for people my parents came from a conservative country 
And that's one thing they still don't understand or comprehend. Like I whip my boob out. My dad's like talking to my baby while like I'm breastfeeding. And it's like not weird. It's so normal. And my parents are like way more conservative than anyone else that than I know. And I wish that that was one of the more normalized things in culture Mm-hmm. In the yeah. in the Western world, it's so yeah, weird. Yeah, it wasn't for me. And it's still, like, not shocking, but I'm like, oh, there's your boob. Because I'm like, not that I care, but I never grew up around that ever. Like, I didn't have anyone in my family that did that. All the men would be like, you need to cover up. Like, that was just yeah. how I grew up. So even as a woman, I'm like... Oh, that obviously that you should be able to do that. But that is more shocking even for me because of how yeah. I was raised. Our, like, I find European like how they deal with stuff like that versus North America, so different. And we sexualize women's bodies like massively, like hugely. And I remember I was in Italy for like three months doing this research thing. And like my friend and I go to this little spa and you you cannot wear a bathing suit in the spa because when you sit on the wood stuff like the sauna and stuff it ruins the wood so you just like wrap a towel around you but you can't wear a bathing suit so my friend and I are in the sauna and this younger couple comes in the sauna and they like sit down and just like whip open their towels and like here's this girl and her boyfriend just naked in front of us and we're like oh my god like panicking like oh my god oh my god get me out of this situation oh my god and we're like do we leave like this is so awkward and Afterwards, we were talking about it and we were like, we're the ones with the problem. Like they are just living their best life. They, It's just a body to them. They don't sexualize people's bodies. Like Mm -hmm. they probably grew up with, you know, their parents like walking around naked and it's not a big deal. And it's not a big deal. And that's why even now I'm like, I walk around in front of Milo naked all the time. And yeah, yeah, like he'll like watch me shower and he thinks it's funny and you know. (laughs) And I'm like, at what point is that going to start to feel odd to me just because of how I've been raised and like in this culture that we live in? Like, when am I going to start to be like, oh, this is odd, you know? And I hope never, but I'm just waiting for that moment to feel awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Like my boys, they've never laughed or like felt weird or even said anything like about my body parts that and I I don't know if it's because it's so normalized or what it is I mean my dad they have like a pool at their house like he sees me in a bathing suit all the time and we were living with them for a while and I would just wear like a big shirt and underwear it's like I feel like it's like one of the few things that I'm so glad to like pass on to my children I'm like it doesn't matter because we're all family and it's not weird or uncomfortable and we go to the spa um and it's like a lot more hippie-ish and everyone's a little more open and free. And there's this spa there. And after eight o'clock, everyone's naked. And it's <laughs> not weird. I don't feel uncomfortable because I know what to expect. Like oh, me and my God. husband still wear swimsuits. But um, if, if you know, I didn't have a top on, I wouldn't feel weird. And no one's like staring at each other's chest. It's not this like <laughs> awkward thing. It's just like, hey, you know what to expect when you come here. And this is just how it's done. And yeah. so I feel like culture somehow would have to change along. And, I, yeah. and I've always been curious about like the research behind how culture um, goes from like conservative – to like more open to these things like when shorts first came out the only people 
it was like in France and the only people who were open to wearing them were prostitutes because Ooh. everyone else uh, felt too uncomfortable and it was too revealing and I think it was like in the 30s or something it wasn't even that long ago so like anyways this is such a sidetrack but like how can we get <laughs> yeah. our culture to be more open it's really how you're things. raised though because you even know this like we're both Christians but I was raised like very conservative and like one of the things I hated is this idea of like you're saying sexualizing women because even at camps like we had to wear tankinis and board shorts but the boys could wear mm -hmm. like board shorts and like have their tops and off trust and me I'm getting hot looking at that like yeah. I'm a 13 year old okay well I'm not um, oh not right now oh my god no not right now um, not when I was 13. Um, but it always kind of instilled in the, me this idea of like, you don't wear bikinis. And you know, she even knows like she's never seen me in a bathing suit. Like, I can't wear a bikini in front of people like I just can't like I don't know mm -hmm. what it is I'm not saying it's wrong I'm like envious of it when I see it but it's just like that idea in the back of my head of your body is sexual every guy here is going to look at you sexually if you wear that and it's going to be your fault and that yeah. is like that so I think it's awesome that you guys are like really showing your kids like no this is just a body and like obviously you need to respect people and their boundaries yeah, but you're outside but it shouldn't be weird you know I think yeah. that's great yeah no, for sure. I know it. so many, I think it's slowly starting to change, but obviously there's some work to do and like things like that are so deeply ingrained in us yeah. that it really takes effort to try and, you know, not do that moving forward. Totally. Hi shakers. Have you been really wanting to talk about this podcast and you don't know anyone else who listens honestly shame on everyone around you but you're in luck because if you join our super secret facebook group you'll actually get to talk to other shakers and talk about like-minded things like chuginess and hotter knots that's also where you can maybe chat with us personally or get advice from other people um, also, don't forget to share this episode with someone you think needs to hear it or take a screenshot and share it on your story. It really helps us. Now, let's get back to it. Yeah. yeah. So going back to the original question, um, major sidetrack, um, <laughs> was, me. <laughs> um, so many of my friends right now are pregnant. I feel like every single person we know is pregnant. So for me as someone without kids, like what advice would you give? What is helpful to you? Like, let's say they've now opened their doors to letting people in, or maybe they haven't like, what are some really good gifts or helpful things for a new mom that just help? like, yeah, like that helps them so much. I something that I thought of, which I don't think people really think about is at, like if they have pets mm -hmm. asking to take if they want you to take their pets for, you know, a few days after they take their baby home, because 
Yeah, we had two little dogs and they reacted really well to us bringing Milo home. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't an issue for us. And when he would get up and cry in the middle of the night, they wouldn't react. They would just sleep through it. It was it was so bizarre, but we were super lucky. But I remember thinking like if someone had pets that weren't reacting well to the baby, it would be really nice to have someone like a friend or a family member take the the dog or the cat, totally. whatever it is, and then like slowly start bringing them over during the day. And just because at nighttime, that's the last thing you want to deal with is like now a pet, yeah, you know, miss like acting wild or whatever. Totally. Um. So that for sure. And then I think just really asking what they need. And sometimes it's even better to just drop stuff off and not even ask because I think people have a tendency to just say like oh no we're good everything's good but you know make a little gift basket of snacks and or like an uber eats um gift card Mm -hmm. something like that um would go a long way um what else I always tell people like communicate 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 like for the, the, the parents that had the baby, mm-hmm. like, oh my God, communicate everything. Like if you start to feel anxious, like tell your partner the second you start to feel that, like just have an open dialogue with regard to how people are feeling because it is a major life transition. And if you're not being vocal about these things, I think that's when people start to feel really lonely and, um, I don't know, like get in their heads more so than maybe they have to be. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I told my husband. Absolutely everything. Um, yeah. And finding people that you can be like super honest with other moms who have young kids. I was really lucky. I had two friends who had their babies right at the same time as I had Milo and we had a group text and it was like, you know, just really honest, like, oh my God, he's crying right now. Like I'm crying because he won't stop crying and just like super supportive. Like we're all going through the same thing and it's really friggin' hard. Yeah. So to have people that you can be really honest with and open is like a lifesaver. Totally. I think some of my favorite things were having people surrounding me who were helping me like they're good for conversation not just to get my mind off of things or to vent but like they are supportive because Mm -hmm. they know how to take care of like the older one or like they're they're gonna go out of your their way and be like hey like since baby is napping, I'm going to take my my oldest is bear. I'm going to take bear to the park or um, bear and baby are napping. How about you take a nap and I'm going to clean your dishes or I'm going to like do your bathroom or, you know, little things like that. And even having like I think one thing that would be helpful is having a checklist for people to look at. Like here are the daily things. Here are the weekly things. And so now I think I was just trying to find where I saw it, but um, a mom posted a picture of a text she sent to her friend who just had a baby, and it was like A, B, or C. A, 
um, I can come over, watch watch the kids, and um, you can take a nap. B, I can come over, do some laundry, blah, blah, blah. Or C, I'll just drop off food and leave you alone for the time being. Like, you respond with whatever feels best for you. And I'm like, that is so brilliant. And like... Remember, and this goes into friendship. Like, remember I was like, to I have want that friends. Now. Send that to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, remember to have friends who are like willing to do that. Like, I know Olivia would do that. I like have a handful of friends who would like drop everything and come by to help me if I needed them. So I love like you know that's such a good idea like remember those friends who like are having babies at the same time as you and like have an ongoing text so that you guys you're in the thick of it in the middle of it at the same time Mm -hmm. and it's so helpful to be like oh my gosh okay it's not just me I think motherhood can be so lonely yeah no for sure and it's it's important to understand the difference between a visitor and a support person Mm. right and I always say like if if I can just up and leave and go take a nap while you're still in my house, or if I can like fart in front of you or like try and hook up a pump to my boob in front of you, then you're a support person. You're not a visitor. So yeah, that's, that's a huge difference. That's so good. One, one thing um, that I love about you and your husband's relationship it it seems very egalitarian it feels very much like that. you guys <laughs> really <laughs> yeah you guys like split and and I think I was thinking about this with traditions you know there's the mm-hmm. tradition of the mom does everything when I grew up my mom did absolutely everything and uh And so I I looked up to my mom worked. Her business was a part of our house. She worked all day long and she took care of all the kids. She cleaned the house. She did everything. And my dad had a really hard job, but he like did the outside work. And so you were talking about like, no, after having the baby, I'm going to do the outside work. I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to do... And so I'm I'm curious, like, was that a struggle for you guys to figure out? Like, how, how do you figure that out? And how do you like... I don't know if you get haters for like not doing the mom thing. Um, so how do you like balance that out? That's funny. Um, yeah, people are always, and at first I was a little bit like embarrassed. Sometimes I am like, I feel almost embarrassed to say certain things or to write certain things on social media because I feel like people, like you said, are looking at me like, uh, your husband does that. Like, you know, maybe you should, uh, do a little bit more or something like that. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And I started to just be open about everything because I mean, I don't care what people think and it can just, it'll only benefit other people. Right. But yeah, like, you know, the saying you have to do what works best for your family. Every single family is going to be different. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you have sensory issues. Your husband loves that kind of stuff. Like, playing and, you know, being outgoing. So that works for you guys, you know, uh, uh, like the next couple will have totally different, you know, set of issues and they'll work it out the best that it works for them. And for us, for example, my husband sleeps with the monitor. We don't sleep together because after having Milo, I became like the most high maintenance sleeper. And any time he wakes up, my adrenaline is like through the roof and I'm wide awake for hours because, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just how my body reacts to it. My husband can wake up, 
go see him for a couple minutes and then instantly fall back asleep. So he sleeps with the monitor. It's always been like that. Um, things like the cooking, a lot of people, you know, Oh my God, your husband comes home from his day at work and he makes dinner. I'm like, yeah, he does because he cares about food. I suck at cooking. First of all, when 90% of the time, when I make dinner, he eats like a small, tiny little portion just to say that he ate some. <laughs> and, then he like, and then he'll have like this massive snack after like, you think I don't notice what's going on. So we have totally different, like tastes when it comes to dinners. Um, so, and he's really good at cooking. So yeah, he does that. That's what works for us. It works for him. Um, we also get takeout a lot because I don't like cooking and I don't cook. Um, but yeah, everyone is going to have their own things. And it's funny that you were saying about how your mom did everything because I grew up in a very similar, um, situation. My dad worked out of the country for most of my childhood, like he would be on and off out of the country. And so my mom had three little kids and growing up, like if you asked me 10 years ago, I would have been, I would tell you that, Oh, my dream would be like to have the life that my mom had, like be a stay at home mom. Like when we go to school, she goes to the gym, like makes dinner, you know, bakes cookies, whatever. Like that was what she was. And I loved it growing up. But now that I'm in that situation, I was like waiting for maternity leave to be over because I was like, I don't enjoy this at all. Love my son. Wouldn't trade anything for the world, but like, I do not want to stay home and raise a child. Like, especially when they're that little, it was just not my cup of tea. And I'm such a busy body. I need like you, like I need to be working, like setting goals for myself, like having alone time using, you know, like being creative. And when you're home with a young child, it can be very mind numbing and mm-hmm. boring. And that's another thing people hate so that I boring. talk about hating playing with Milo, but yeah, like it's not fun. Okay. <laughs> like it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. So back to your question, I just think every family is going to figure out what works for them. And I think it comes down to respect. Like I respect my husband so much. He respects me so much. And even though like he's a physician and I like, look, I have a podcast and I do social media as my job. He could be like, you know, totally not supportive of that, but he really is. And he is super respectful of it and takes it seriously. So I think that's what it comes down to is, having respect for one another and figuring out together how to best get through the day, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I kind of touching on that is, I mean, I was literally just talking to my dad about this the other night. He really wants grandkids and you know, that's not happening right now. Mm -hmm. And I was just telling him like, you know, dad, like if I do have kids one day, like I'm going to work. And he's like very old school mentality. And I kind of tell him this a lot. And then, you know, it gets to a point where I'm like, listen, I don't really care what you think about like the way that if I raise my kids and he's like, you know, women don't stay home with their kids and then they leave them with nannies and then other people raise their kids for them. And I'm like, where did that come from? Because, (laughs) 
You can work and have an amazing relationship with your husband and your kids if you have a routine and you wake up every day and you set goals. And obviously, I know I don't have kids, so I don't know that yet, but I also know you can do it. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm going to have a freaking full-time live-in nanny where I just see my kid and the kid calls nanny mom. Like, (laughs) But I think that that older generations, like they really do think that. And so I would love for you to just speak on the idea of working as a mom and waking up with goals and being productive because I think working hard is such a good example for your kids to show literally them. literally just mm-hmm. going to say yeah, that. Yeah, like showing them what it's like. Like you can work hard and you can like do all of these things. Um, but yeah, I would just love for you to speak on like what that looks like for you. I, yeah, so I, I get on also for Milo going to daycare when I'm like working from home, you know, right. like all I do is a podcast and social media so yeah, people it's are like that's it's super easy it's, yeah, it's frowned so upon yeah yeah so uh, first of all daycare I was a little bit nervous sending him to daycare he has an amazing daycare and so we really lucked out there but to see the difference in him after starting daycare was mind-blowing mm. like he gets to hang out with kids his own age all day He gets to form relationships with other adults that are not his parents. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. That is great. Love it. He also is able to take instruction from adults that are not his parents. He has a very like, you know, set routine at school. So he's following a schedule. He eats really well. He sleeps really well. Like some kids just thrive in a daycare setting. My other thing is, and like, that's him. So even if I had the choice, I would send him to daycare. To me, daycare for him is an opportunity. It is not a necessity. Like in quarantine, I felt bad that he was stuck at home with me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I am, I cannot replace 10 kids his own age. I just can't. (laughs) And like the crafts and all the projects and the playing outside that they do together. Like I cannot replace that. Um, Another thing is people always want to, all over daycare and it's like I've gotten that comment as well like you're gonna let daycare teachers raise your child and I'm like whoa like calm down (laughs) all kids go to school at age four okay yeah I was literally just thinking this (laughs) all these people that write this comment like you're gonna let other people raise your kid like say that about high school I know do you homeschool your kids like you probably don't so I don't know where I just think you know any like topic in parenting that has to do with like the mom having to decide something like breastfeeding formula sleep training not sleep training going to daycare being a working mom like people are going to be divided on those topics and they will let you know that they are divided but yeah I don't see an issue for it like I at all I'm not saying that every daycare is amazing but when you have a good situation and your child thrives in that environment like there is nothing better and also it comes down to the mom as well like me I am not fulfilled as a person being a stay-at-home mom like I'm just not some people are and I love that for them and I'm jealous of them because that would be a lot easier for us and cheaper you know um but yeah I am not fulfilled doing that so yeah I'm a better mom I'm a better wife to my husband I'm a better friend I'm a better everything when I get to do something that I enjoy during the day. 
Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also like, what are you trying to say about these people whose profession in their career is taking care of children and so like daycare workers or even teachers at all? And um, if they're like going to be mad at you for putting them in daycare, then would they be mad at you for dropping off your kids at a grandparent's house? No, probably not. Well, what's what's really the difference? And does that person even have the capability of doing that? Do they have grandparents around them? Do they have any older adults to take care of them? Mm-hmm. Do they have... Um, or like are our grandparents like you know still working like not everyone is able to do that my my parents and my in-laws take my kids twice a week and even that is like more than i would have ever expected from them and that alone is so much to ask for and yeah. although like they love doing it and it's so awesome like not everyone even has even that not even a couple hours with grandparents a week so it's just yeah it's mind-blowing to me like what we'll get so angry over or even just this fact of like you have to be a stay-at-home mom in order to be the best mom and you have to spend 24 7 with them and play with them and be on the ground with them and it's like I can only do that for like an hour and yeah. if I'm going to be home I have a lot of things to do and um then on top of that, it's like, where, well, where did this come from? It's like another tradition that's been passed down for like one generation. But before that, I mean, mothers have been working. Like we've mm-hmm. always had to be working. It's like, let let those moms do what they want to do. And if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, that's amazing. And that is so hard. And that's why I can't be a stay-at-home mom because I, <laughs> I literally, I cannot do it because it's hard work and so hard moms need to do that if they feel like they need to do that but then don't you know make make fun of or like get angry at other moms who don't have that or don't want to do that yeah there's a saying that's (laughs) my soapbox (laughs) there's a saying that is something like there's so many different ways to raise a kid really well Mm -hmm. you know like there's not just one single situation that is going to allow a child to thrive in life. There's like millions, you know, and you just don't know. Yeah. We're so like, uh, I feel like everyone's just insecure. And so they just attack what other people are Mm -hmm. doing because it's not what they're doing. And it gives them like this boost of self-esteem or something. I don't know. Right. (laughs) Like how cool for Milo that his mom has a PhD in psychology and is going to be able to help him throughout literally his entire life. How incredible yeah. is that? Yeah. His dad's a doctor, so he can he can help him physically. He can help him, <laughs> and mentally. Can help him mentally and emotionally. Yeah. That's hard work. That is hard. What a team. What a I team. I know, seriously. Um, our last question? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we always like to ask our guests what their silver lining is. So just something oh my good God. that came from something bad or challenging in any time frame. This is always the hardest thing for I us. I was thinking, <laughs> no, I was thinking about this earlier and I was like, oh my God, this is really hard. But then um, I was like, hey, what's something difficult that's been happening in the last week? And I was like, Milo's been getting up at like 4 a.m. and really having a hard time. And I'm like, Okay, there's literally no silver lining to this. So moving on to the next one. (laughs) But no, I would say recently, like in the last week, 
the weather has changed just instantly. It went from like being a nice summery, like early fall to being really freaking cold. Like it was snowing this morning, um, which is terrible. But then at the same time, I enjoy wearing like big sweaters and my big cozy coats and mm-hmm. wearing a toque in Canada. We call it a toque. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like drinking fall drinks and, you know, going for walks with a tea in my hand. You're so that is language. kind of like, yeah, that's like the silver lining is, yeah. you know, it sucks that it's cold and that with, with um, the time change, like it gets dark so early, but there's also positives that come with it, I guess. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. We'll tell everybody where they can find you, listen to your yes. podcast, all the things. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Renee Rena with the little underscore thing at the end. Um, the podcast account is at the mom room podcast on Instagram and the mom room podcast is on all the different uh, platforms. Yeah. And, and even if you don't have it. kids, so many yeah. good topics, you good, don't just talk content. about that. We, I had so many other questions for I you know, we didn't seriously. get to. So everyone oh, go thanks, listen. Guys. There will be links in the show notes below. And thank you so much for coming. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, Shakers. Thank you so much for listening. We had so much fun talking to Renee. Like I mentioned before, I mean, you guys know I don't even have kids, but her podcast is actually so good. Not only did I learn a lot about just kids in general, like what food to feed them, (laughs) which I actually found really fascinating, um, but she also talks about so many other things. She talks about disordered eating and body image and honestly just how to set boundaries in your life in general. Um, So if you guys want to listen to that, you can head to the show notes below or you can find her anywhere you find your podcast and it's the mom room podcast and her Instagram for her podcast is super great Um, but she also has her just personal Instagram that Renee Rena and that's in the show notes as well she is seriously so funny I mean she doesn't take crap from anybody like any comments she gets about her life or her kids like she addresses those in reels and she creates an insane amount of content it is all so funny and so relatable so Again, we had so much fun with her. And if you guys haven't yet, you can follow us at the Salt and Pepper Podcast on Instagram. And you can follow us personally at Olivia Corinne and at It's Lisa Brosser. And you can also join our secret Facebook group. The Salt and Pepper Podcast Insider is there. We just chat, hang out with you guys, talk about all of the things we talk about on the show. And you can find all of those links in the show notes below. So I think that's it. And we will shake it up with you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.